Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting, as usual, from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them, but they're small enough to do it in a personal way, they're not going to give you the mega bank treatment, if you know what I mean by that. If you're at one of those banks, you know what I mean. Uh, you're, you're looking for a more personal experience from your business banker. Well, Renaissance is the place I've found that delivers that, and I know that personally because of the clients that I deal with. So if you're looking for that kind of experience, you're looking for somebody that will answer their own phone, go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices, and give them a call. Test them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Teresa Caro. Teresa is with Lemonist. Teresa, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, great to have you here. So let's talk about you and Lemonist. How are you serving folks out there? So my elevator pitch is I am a strategic advisor and executive coach for services organizations like advertising agencies and leaders for who need strategic help and executive coaching help. Uh, ultimately, my real short elevator on the two floors is that I help people and companies get unstuck. There's a big market for that. <laughs> There's a lot of folks stuck, right? I right, think. I think. Right. Uh, but and certainly we all get stuck from time to time. So that's a pretty good place to to uh, sit. Uh, but let's. Before we get into that work specifically, let's talk about you and your journey. Uh, what what led you into executive coaching? Sure. Um, there's a few layers to that, if you don't mind sure, me taking please. a few steps. Uh, well, first is people always ask me, where did I come up with Liminist? Mm-hmm. And the source of Liminist is actually a, a big uh, source of how I actually got here. Mm. If you think about first this concept of liminal state, that is a threshold that that state of being between and betwixt. And as you and I were talking about before we went on air, is sometimes mm-hmm. that's a positive, yeah. new opportunities. Sometimes that's a change. Someone lost a job or we'll talk about, as an example, a data breach, something that causes someone to be in this liminal state mm. and to be stuck. Right. If you look at my career, and you can see I've worked with a lot of different companies and a lot of different capacities, And all of them have one common theme. I was asked to come in and transform something, to change something. And I became a bit of a specialist in getting companies and people through this liminal state to get them unstuck and to reach their potential. So if you combine specialist with liminal, you get liminist. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward to today in November of last year, as I found myself in my own liminal state and I was thinking about what did I want to do next? Did I want to go back to an advertising agency? Did I want to go back and be a CMO of a brand? Mm -hmm. I realized that really my expertise is something that I could share across many different people in many different organizations. And so I realized it was time to put out a shingle again and launch Liminist, which is what I did in January. Yeah, that's terrific. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, So, you know, what you're really 
maybe another way to say this is you, you help people in managing change. You've got a much more elegant way to talk about it, but in change, there's always some sort of liminal space, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, in the essence of it, you're, you're, you're helping people get through whatever liminal space they are that's created by change. Correct. So there's a few things to that. One is, is you may find yourself in a liminal state, but you don't know it and you don't know how to go through it. People in liminal states that do know to look for help, it could Mm -hmm. be listening to a podcast, Mm -hmm. it could be reading an article or could actually be asking someone for help. Someone like that is in a transformational mindset. So that's Mm -hmm. a certain kind of person, transformational mindset. And then being in a liminal state Research has shown that it actually makes you more humble. And when you are more humble, you are more open to change. You are more open to learning. And so you put all of those pieces together and then you get that ideal person to to connect my services to, to help them get through that. Got it. So you talk about um, perspective transformation. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What Define that. For everyone. So perspective transformation. And for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and it's funny, I, I offer assessments and we can talk about that later in the oh, show, but yeah, I yeah. did the assessment on myself and okay. I realized in the learning style, I'm actually a 10 on verbal, which basically means I like to nerd out on words. I have a whole blog post on perspective transformation. <laughs> okay. And, and what that means is, is there's something that happens that puts us in that mindset Uh, The birth of a new child, so that changes your life and how you look at work. Mm -hmm. Uh, The loss of a job, Mm -hmm. so something negative. Uh, From a company perspective is you could have a company where all the people and the consultants in the world have been telling the CEO they need to change something, otherwise something bad is going to happen. Mm. Just line up all the companies who had data breaches. I'm sure it wasn't the first time they heard they were at risk of that. Yeah. That moment, that spark puts them in that kind of situation and again, makes them like, oh yeah, I I can see that. And sometimes that's unfortunate. Sometimes it does take that, that moment, that negative moment or that positive moment for us to take a fresh look at the world. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it puts, I mean, you're, you're, um, being self-deprecating, talking about your word uh, choices of words, but that that real those choices of words are important. Mm-hmm. Though it helps put some definition around um, the way people people know that intuitively, right? Yes. But it puts words on that. Yes. So it is one of those things. So people listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. they might be reflecting upon themselves and thinking about what is is there something going on in their life that is really pushing on them to change their view of the world? And the world, the world can take on several different aspects. It could be their personal, their professional, their faith. It could be all different kinds of things that something is pushing on them to say, you really need to take a fresh look at this and potentially make a change. You know, heck, I, I'm not a health coach and we can go into the different kinds of coaches, but a lot of times it's that health scare that puts us in that kind of mindset mm-hmm. that makes you look out and, and ask for help to get exercise or change our, our eating habits that we've been going along at this current state thinking that we're fine. And then we have a health scare that forces us to look at it. That's an easy one that all of us can take into consideration. 
you apply that to business, it is that kind of situation that that makes you look at, you know what, this these steps that we have been taking, this muscle memory that you are in mm-hmm. needs to change. And changing muscle memory, changing your eating habits, your exercise habits, we all know how hard it is and how much you get out there and then you go back again. It's the whole right. <laughs> two, right. two steps forward, one step back, if not five steps back. It, right. It's all very hard. And having someone to help you yeah. navigate that and hold you accountable is important to making that change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Teresa Caro is our guest, folks. She is with Lemonist. She's a, a founder, executive coach at her own firm. Um, I'm curious about something. When we talk about these this lim- these liminal spaces that we are in that invite transformation in some way, um, do we always recognize those? I mean, w- when you're talking about instances like a health scare or losing a job that's obvious right but are there is there change that we are invited into that maybe we don't recognize at the time and we don't see the big pick the um that wherever we are is part of a longer trend that we need to pay attention to that maybe an executive coach like you can help with absolutely it's one of the the things that I have found throughout my career, and I'm actually, you would think it would be different being mm-hmm. that full-time employee versus being that, that, that executive coach, that strategic advisor coming in. You would mm-hmm. think these things are changed, but no, it's, it's the same. You are invited in. So someone with a transformational mindset that recognizes that they are in a liminal state, so they are humble enough to change, they still have a fundamental belief of what the opportunity is, because a lot of times it's positive, or what the challenge is. Yet a good coach is going to dig in a bit because what's presented first may not necessarily be what it is. It's the whole, I don't know if you've ever heard of the the fruit or the root. So the fruit is the that low-hanging fruit what yeah. you go after first. Uh-huh. Yet if you dig in further, if you ask the right questions, if you do the right assessments and you dig down, you get into the branches, you get into the trunk, and ultimately you get into the root. That is what actually needs to be addressed, changed, improved, optimized, is the root. Well, what happens is, okay, so our process is this. We come in and we assess the situation, and assessments can kind of take multiple different factors. We go in and with a fundamental belief of this is what needs to happen. Either a plan needs to be created or a conflict needs to be resolved. We get in there. And, and yes, it, it is something important that ultimately needs to be done. But you dig in there and you find out there's actually more beneath the surface. It's sort of like the, the peeling of the onion back and finding more onion that, that mm. needs to be addressed. Yeah. Well, here's the rub. So you could be in a transformational mindset. You could be humble in that liminal state. Yet this is where muscle memory comes in. And the, the concept of fear is okay, this is presented to you saying, this is what we need to change, and here is how we're going to change it. Mm. Well, that person might be the one that goes, yeah, no, that makes me feel uncomfortable. What I have found, it's usually not that person. That person gets it, and they've bought in. What I have found, it's it's the other people that surround that person. 
So now you're starting to work with the team who didn't hire you, who may not be in that transformational mindset, who may not be in that humble state to learn. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to work with them. And the next thing you know, they're walking into your office complaining. And again, fear sets in. And when you're fearful, you tend to revert back to what's known, Mm. that comfortable state. And so, yeah, going back to your question, that's that's the rub. That's the critical piece that really differentiates a good coach um, for someone who may not have have experienced that because it's fearful for coaches too. It's like, oh, okay, you're doubting what my approach is. No, someone like me has been doing this over and over again. I have come to that state over and over again, and I know how to help the client and their team traverse that, that difficult situation and get through to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. So you talk a lot about and write about the power of a liminal state combined with a transformational mindset, quote unquote, that's a lot. Help me out. (laughs) Help help me out with that. Uh, That stood out for me. Okay. Well, great. Well, we touched on it a little bit. So there's the, the challenging piece that transformational mindset combined with the liminal state with a bit of muscle memory and fear come in. So we, we talked about that. Let's talk about the positive aspect of it. So you have a transformational mindset, you're in a liminal state and Oh, by the way, you embrace the unknown. You, you know that this is not going to be a one workshop fix you know that we're going to need to dig in and roll up our sleeves and, and, and really get in there. Well, come to find out, if you think about this whole concept of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. and I know some people question the top of that pyramid. I choose to. Well, let's define that for right. people that don't know that, yeah. okay? I think most do, but for those that don't. So the, it's the basic, the fundamental basic needs, food, water, right. sleep that kind of thing, or, or there's work basic needs. Mm-hmm. And then you go, there's a, a middle state and then that aspirational state where you, it, and the reason why people question Maslow's hierarchy of needs is because some people believe you can actually achieve that higher state. And, and really in reality, it's more aspirational uh. than realistic. The way I use the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that fundamental piece if we can meet the basic needs of an organization and of our people, mm-hmm. then all of that, they stop worrying about that. And mm-hmm. that's the concept of Maslow's hierarchy is if you're meeting those needs, you can focus on other things. Mm-hmm. So let's use for an example, you have an employee who gets hired and you think that they are going to, they're the silver bullet that's going to solve everything. They have all the right experiences. They're checking all the right boxes. Well, that person comes in and maybe their learning style is different than the rest of the organization. They're very structured thinker, whereas the rest of the organization is a very big thinker, can concept, it can bring in a lot of information. So the onboarding might be broken. Um, if you have it, and then you have, once they're in there, if they don't have clear roles and responsibilities, mm-hmm. If they're not measured for success, they could potentially fail for there. Well, if all of those things are addressed, you have, you found the right person and you've confirmed that with data, you know how to onboard them correctly. Again, you have the right tools in place to figure out their learning style. You have them at the right title, at the right level with clear goals and objectives. 
and you are motivating them in the right way. And oh, by the way, and this is another thing that Luminous can do to help companies is the company overall has a very clear purpose and vision. Mm -hmm. So everybody's walking the same way. Well, then all of those things we all typically worry about on a day-to-day basis now goes away and we can choose to be creative and, and innovative. Uh, there was a situation. So do you mind if I give an example? Please, yeah. There was a situation where I came into an organization where all those things I listed off were all issues. And if you, we went in and we clearly defined roles and responsibilities, clearly defined expectations. So when the world shut down, mm-hmm. there was no fear. It was actually a focus on the problem at hand, a focus on what was the, the client's challenge. And that team went on to win all sorts of awards and accolades. So it's, I always point to that example of if we can meet the basic needs of our people, then we can unleash and unlock innovation and creativity. And innovation and creativity is something that is vital in a world that changes so rapidly. Yes. So what's at stake here is pretty big. Yes. Well, and that's another important piece to what I do. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind, I'd love to Please. divide. There's what, 50, 60,000 people who identify as ex- executive coaches, I believe in the United States alone. So we are all different. So, and let's make sure we go back to unleashing creativity and innovation. One of the things that you might be thinking about is, okay, what Teresa is saying is really resonating with me, but I'm not certain if Teresa is the right one for me. And I may not be. What's interesting about all different executive coaches is we all take a different approach. There are life coaches, there are health coaches, there are business coaches, leadership coaches. I'm what's considered a leadership coach or an executive coach. Even if you break it down into that subgroup, all of us can be broken down in more detail. So someone like me is more focused on business and return on investment. If you work with me, we're going to start off with what's the big thing that Mm. we need to resolve? Right. What's the return on investment that we are going to get? There are others that feel it's more important to address the more of that Enneagram emotional aspect of it. And I have worked with executive coaches who have amazing business corporate backgrounds, leadership positions, But when they decided to move to executive coaching, they decided to take more of that empathetic, empathy, emotional piece where I've decided to focus more on the business piece. So my certification was with Center for Executive Coaching, founded by a consultant. He is an executive coach, but he has taught all of us on how to tie it back to measurable results. Mm. So coming back to creativity and innovation and how that's fundamentally important to business growth. Agreed. Challenge with that is accounting principles don't really look at, oh, I was more innovative this year. I was more creative this year. Accounting balance sheets, the income sheets look at income and margin and all of those pieces. So a business is not even really set up to measure that. So Mm -hmm. that's another aspect of what Luminous does with its uh, clients is we start off trying to make the connection between what are we sending out to do and what's that correlation to bottom line results. Yeah. Great work from Teresa Caro. Teresa is 
with Lemonist. That's her own firm, uh, her executive coaching firm. So, um, let's, let's talk. Let's give some specific ideas, insights, strategies. So, uh, let's give people some a, a bit, bit of a peek behind the curtain to what you recommend uh, in terms of overcoming challenges and driving that innovation that's so needed. Well, um, so I'm going to put you on the spot for a oh, moment. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to go well, but we'll see. <laughs> so you've talked to a lot of companies around this area. What do you, from a trend or a theme perspective, what are some of the challenges that they face? Well, certainly uh, uh, managing unexpected change. Mm-hmm. So whether that's a pandemic, whether that's, uh, supply chain issues, whether that's labor shortage, right? I mean, all those, all those things. I mean, I think under the big umbrella is probably that okay. managing, managing unexpected change. Managing. Okay. So let's turn that on its head and talk about preparing for unexpected change. Mm-hmm. Change will happen. An extreme change will happen. None of us could predict the pandemic. Mm-hmm. None of us could predict that we were shutting down the doors. None of us could predict the supply chain issues. Although I'm sure from a supply chain perspective, a lot of people were predicting that that was a house of cards that was going to get blown over at yeah. one point. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, maybe. Yeah. So the key on that is, okay, let's first embrace the fact that change will happen. And so then I would work with the organization. If they come in to me and say, I don't feel like my organization is prepared for the future, or I'm afraid that change is going to happen, and this this house of cards that I put together are going to fall to the it fall to pieces. Help me figure out how to set a solid foundation for my company so I can grow. Mm. Uh, to use services based organizations as an example, there are different well, and even I'm sure client sized businesses, but I know agencies really well. There are different phases that they go through. The first phase is that, oh, I'm really excited. I have a great idea. We're going to do our business better better than anybody else, different than anybody else. Uh, we're going to have this offering, say an AI-related offering, or back in my early days of my career with social media or mobile. And so that's the first phase. That second phase is now you're to a certain revenue size and a certain number of employees. So what you used to be able to do around a table and everybody could communicate is now gone by the wayside and you're getting larger and you need to move from founder-led to leadership Mm team-led. So that's another phase. The next phase after that is all those leaders and all those employees were used to being Swiss Army knives. It was, okay, we close new business, let's all get together and roll up our sleeves and get it done. Well, at a certain point, you need to start specializing. You need to have the right people and process and plumbing in place because every time you try to get through that to that next phase, you're going to lose a client in the process. It happens every time. It, it's this 100-person challenge of every time a company gets above 100 people, they lose two or three clients or the other side because they don't have the right people, process, and plumbing in place. So this is an example of, yes, I am an executive coach. I am going to take the fundamentals of executive coaching and help you through this and coach you through these things. 
but I also have so many experiences of helping companies grow and transcend these phases to, to really look at those hurdles head on and figure out how to get over them. So I, I can bring to bear all of these experiences, which makes the strategic advising part of my business really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you, let's talk about the types of clients you work with companies or uh, executives that you work with. You mentioned advertising agencies, why, why advertising agencies and, and does it go beyond that, that niche? That's a really great question. So there'll be, as I grow my business, we're going to have two sides of the business, two lines of business. One will focus on services organizations. Advertising agencies is an obvious one. You just need to look at my LinkedIn profile to know that. Mm-hmm. Law firms, services-based ba- services organizations all have very similar needs. So that'll be one side. The other side is the client-based brand side around leaders. Mm. What's important about the leadership size side is companies don't look at functional leaders and train them to then be successful as C-suite. So the moment you put the C in front of your title, all of a sudden how you're measured is completely different. And no one told you that this was going to happen. It's just (laughs) expected. So you go from being a functional leader where doing the work is the most important thing. And that's what got you to the C-suite. And now you're having to navigate your peers, manage up to your CEO, be able to present to investors or the board, be able to be a visionary and an opportunity spotter. Heck, I've talked to CMOs that are, were overcoming facility issues as they enter new markets. So many things are expected of the C-level. And so I'm that one that's that leadership coach, that executive coach that helps them, that liminal state of, of they could get stuck because they don't know how to switch from being a functional leader to an executive, mm. or even just someone who knows, help them take full advantage of that opportunity. The same thing happens with CEOs. A CEO who maybe or may not have a marketing organization, or they're a CEO of a growing organization that was very focused on the functional needs, like growth. You have to grow and and be the top priority in order to get more investing. And then they get to a certain size and they realize, oh wait, or they may not realize the head of my marketing is now moving from a functional leader to where that C-suite. And so it's a different skill set. And a lot of times they do know this in their heart and they'll hire a seasoned CMO mm-hmm. or a seasoned COO or seasoned CFO but they still treat these people like functional leaders and they don't know how to change. Mm. And so I work with those CEOs to help them change that mindset. Terrific work. Now let, let's, you mentioned a lot of different things here that uh, I can't imagine uh, wouldn't get the attention of those that are listening. Um, and I'm sure that our audience would like to hear maybe how all that comes together in a, in a success story. Uh, so if you could maybe share a success story that helps illustrate the great work that you do. Okay. Well, and a lot of it comes from my, comes from my past. We sure. talked about the unleashing of creativity mm-hmm. and innovation during the pandemic and mm-hmm. winning all those awards. I've also worked with other organizations to help sell them. So really great organizations out there that knew how to co- capitalize on innovation. They have it all set up to incubate new ideas. And I'm the one that came in and helped them 
one, operationalize it. So how do you set, again, we were talking about Maslow's hierarchy and needs and sending that solid foundation so people don't worry, worry about those things and they can go on and they can, as companies, they can scale. So that's number one. But number two, and we all know this, the market is constantly changing. Mm. In my, when I first got into social media, social media was a lot of, and it still is, but it's switched over to content strategy, but it was a lot of content creation and moderation and customer service. And that's how organizations were supporting other organizations. Well, to be that opportunity spotter and help people opportunity spot Mm -hmm. and know that it's changing to more of a paid model and then to be able to switch. And so just being able to operationalize the organization to be able to help them opportunity spot and pivot if they need to. And then three is helping those people figure out, okay, if your vision is to be sold, how do you go about doing that? What is the marketing plan? So I'm not your consultant that's going to come in and help you create that marketing plan, but I'll help teach the people under, to understand what is that three-year vision? Who are the people that you need to create that three-year vision? And then I'll coach them to create the plan in order to accomplish that vision. Um, that's a great way of saying that I'm not going to do the fishing for you. I'm going to teach you how to fish because that is more long lasting. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Uh, great words from Teresa Caro of Lemonist. Uh, Teresa, this has been great. I can't imagine though that there are some folks that hearing what you've had to say would like to be in touch. So let's get to the most important question, which is how they can do that. Well, there's several different ways to reach me. I believe the the best way is through my LinkedIn. So you'll find me in LinkedIn, Teresa Caro, T-E-R-E-S-A-C-A-R-O. I also can be found in LinkedIn through Liminist. So I have a Liminist account there. So send me a direct message. And that's really the best way to reach me at this point. Terrific. Teresa Caro with Liminist. Uh, Teresa, this has been terrific. Uh, Congratulations on the great work you're doing. We're uh, delighted we could share the uh, uh, shine the spotlight on that work. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. If you are in a liminal spot with your back office, how do you like that transition? Uh, if you've got problems with administrative tasks, you're doing too many of them yourself or bookkeeping where you've got a bookkeeping issue and you're not, uh, maybe your books, uh, are basically a Nike shoebox. Well, I've got an answer for you. It's the team at office angels. They have a whole team there of angels that fly in and get that work done for you. And they fly out and they do it on an ongoing or as needed basis. And they do terrific work. I know that myself because I use their services. So if you're looking to restore joy to the life of your business, then give them a call, 678-528-0500. Let them know I sent you. And uh, Or if you want to go to officeangels.us to learn more, you can do that. But I suggest you just give them a call, explain what your problem is, and I think they'll be, be glad to help you. And a couple quick things before we wrap up here on this edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I've got a book coming out later this year. It's called The Price and Value Journey, Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Pricing Using the Generosity Mindset Method. It's for professional services providers that have issues with pricing and positioning and all those uh, uh, issues. 
So if you'd like to learn more, go to pricevaluejourney.com. You can sign up for updates to receive um, as the book gets closer and closer to coming out. And of course, you can also uh, get some other information there, including a link to our podcast of the same name. Um, and of course, if you want to get in touch with me directly, feel free to do that. Ray at businessradiox.com is one good email address to get in touch with me. And I want to thank you, our listener. You have supported us uh, in just enormous ways over the last seven plus years. We are so grateful. We are coming up on episode number 700, and we're just thrilled about that. Um, never thought that was possible, never envisioned that when we started this show, and, uh, but we've only gotten that far because of you. You supported the show, and you, f- you continue to do things like share the show. So if you will please do that in this case, if you've heard something here from Teresa that makes you think, hey, I'm, I know somebody needs to hear this or needs Teresa's services, please do that or with any of our shows, but uh, that helps us get the good word out on the great work that our business leaders that we feature here on this show do and helps us fulfill our mission to be the voice of business in North Fulton. So for my guest, Teresa Caro, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.